55 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. What's up? How y'all are? As the Cajun cook Justin Wilson would say, how y'all are? You enjoying your Thursday so far? I hope so. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. We're in Mr. Rogers' it's neighborhood. A beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful, beautiful day for a neighbor. Hey, Roger. Could you be mine? Hey. Could you be mine? I noticed you, you be my neighbor. I noticed you came flying in here at like 30 seconds until showtime, like breathing hard, papers flying, kicking up dust. I mean, like you sped into the Farm Bureau studio. Coming in hot. <laughs> Coming in yeah, hot. Had to run down to the gas station and get chicken. <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah. Hey, that's what I had for lunch today. I'll be honest with you. By the way, this this joint has the best chicken spaghetti you'll ever. <laughs> oh, does it? So you got yeah. you got chicken spaghetti at the gas station? Yeah. Kind of harkens back to how Kentucky Fried started, right? Is it? He had chicken at a gas station. Okay, so he was selling it at a gas station. Yeah. 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 What was that question you asked me yesterday? You said, you know, one of the questions we need to have answered in life is why is chicken yeah. better on a stick? Explain yeah. that. Well, why, why is a pork, pork chop on a stick pretty good? I've never had a pork chop on a stick. Got to go to the fair more. You know what I'm not a fan of at the fair is those giant turkey legs. I'm not a fan of those. I kind of like all the other stuff. Hey, when I was walking through uh, the junction in the tailgating area outside the uh, uh, stadium Saturday at the football game. Which is kind of like the fair food midway. It, it kind of is. There's a guy there um, in the fanfare area that's making funnel cakes. It's like like you're at Six Flags. He's pouring them nice. in the pan. And Are you a funnel cake fan? Well, I like them, but I, I, I don't ever have a craving for them. Yeah. That, that makes any sense. I, I can uh, resist that. Yeah. It's hard for me to resist walking by. You know what else is hard for me? And when they dip a Snickers bar oh, that's on a stick yeah. into that batter, and then they fry that. Now, yeah. yeah. Make your tongue slap your hat off, Roger. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's fun, funny we should be talking about it because the fair is coming up in less than a month, mm. a couple couple weeks. So. Uh-huh. So to be here before you know it. Yeah. I wonder if the JSU Sonic Boom uh, performs at the fair. They can, they can perform several blocks away and still be heard. <laughs> yeah, if we'll all just go to the fair and get quiet and do this, we might hear them practicing. Turn it up! 
the JSU Sonic Boom, ladies and gentlemen, starting you off, bringing the energy. Neil Price, Hale State voice, coming up on the show in just a bit. Roger the numbers on the call screen. Yeah! <laughs> Turn it up to 11, roll the window down, and just watch people. I love it. The JSU Sonic Boom always bringing the energy. All right, so uh, we're off and running on this Thursday. As I said, Neil Price, he is Hail State Voice on Twitter coming up. We'll chat it up with him, talk a little Kansas State. Uh, also, later on the show, my top ten college quarterbacks of all time list, and it's simply in response to a list that was on the Feinbaum show. Let me make sure I got you the right number, Roger. Hang on. Yep, that's the right number. All right. Yes, big finish. So my list, and thank you. Uh, let's see. who's We got some folks watching on Facebook. Lynn. On Facebook, watching uh, the show right now, she said, good job on Feinbaum. I got to be on Paul's show yesterday afternoon. We just talked a little Mississippi State football and um, Kansas State preview and so on and so forth. So a little bit of that. Yeah, uh, there are several ways that you can be a part of the show today. You can text me on, on the text line at 885-ESPN. It's 885-3776 or 885-ESPN. You could call me on the Divini Equipment phone line, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. They've been doing it better longer than anyone else right there at Divini. Bates over here on the text line says, uh, hey, Matt, today my three boys have big football games. So I woke them up this morning blaring the JSU Sonic Boom, and yep, I was blaring Neck by the Sonic Boom, the song that we just heard. And now I'm jamming again. Well, you're welcome, Bates. Appreciate you listening. Good stuff. All right. Let's flip the switch and start it off. Batting leadoff for us today on the show, this guy, Neil Price. He is the play-by-play -play announcer, the voice of Mississippi State football and men's basketball on the radio. And uh, he was in the booth at Kansas State in Manhattan, Kansas, last year when Kylan Hill and the dogs kind of ran Kansas State out of their own stadium. And now State will try to do that in Davis Wade in a couple of days. Neil on your radio right now. Neil, morning to you, sir. How are you? I'm concerned about your ability to make a lineup because I don't hit for average, nor do I have speed, yet you have put me in the leadoff spot. <laughs> and what I would recommend is that you bat me down closer to maybe like five or six because okay. I might run into one, but I'm not going to be able to steal any bases, and I'm going to need help to get around. Okay. Well, um, I get what you're saying. No, I'm with you on that. Okay, so if it's a baseball <laughs> reference, I'd have you in the in the six hole. And are you a lefty? Lefty. No, I bat right-handed. Though. Okay. Throw left, bat right. Okay. That's an interesting combination. Throw left, bat right. You'd be a good first baseman then, wouldn't you? Neither one of them. Neither one of them well, by the way. Neither <laughs> one of them well. No, I got you. I got you. Hey, um, so, yeah, I was just thinking this morning about this Kansas State game, talking a lot about it, kind of looking at their team this year. And a lot of it is in comparison to what we saw last year. And 
You know, Neil, you were on that trip, obviously, uh, outside of the team and the game. I was pretty impressed with Manhattan, Kansas. I was really impressed with their stadium and their facility out in Manhattan last year. Were you? Yes, and that's the first time I'd been there for a football game. I had been for basketball many years ago and remembered that being a, a pleasant experience back in, goodness, 2002 probably. But, you know, I, I think it's similar to Mississippi State in a lot of ways in that it's it's a small town that doesn't get a lot of respect from people within its league or maybe nationally because it's not a big market. Kansas State's had success in flashes, but for the longest time, you know, they, they had next to no football tradition, struggled for a lot of years till Bill Snyder got there. And now, you know, that they're a program that's respected in large measure because of what he's done and the foundation that he's left behind for, for Chris Kleiman. Mm-hmm. And that uh, team this year, you know, under Kleiman, I'll be honest with you, I was not, you know, incredibly familiar with, you know, his work at, where was it, North Dakota State or North Dakota? North Dakota State. North Dakota State. Just, you know, at a distance, when I say incredibly familiar, I mean, I'm seeing the scores, you see the results, but I didn't watch a ton of their games. And I flip on the film of this Kansas State team coming in here, and Neil, they they really, to me, look like an improved team. As you've done your research getting ready for the game Saturday, what jumps out at you about Kansas State? Well, they run the ball, mm-hmm. and you know they, they run it well behind uh, an offensive line that has got some experience. I think on defense, they're probably a little bit undersized for what state is accustomed to play in, in the SEC, mm-hmm. but I think they're athletic. I think they've got two very good ends, and they've got some experience in that second level. So they can create some problems with their athleticism and trying to track down ball carriers. Uh, so, you know, I think it's got the potential to be a, a really good game, and I think it's a huge game for both teams because it's, it's a chance for – I guess the best term would be it's a chance for a brand-name win. You know, you look at the two teams that both of them have played here early, and, mm-hmm. you know, people in Mississippi certainly will know Southern Miss, and, and they'll know Louisiana because they're accustomed to seeing those names. And I, I'm not sure, you know, how K-State fans feel about Nickel State and, you know, the game they played against Bowling Green, you know, last week, but... They, they understand the SEC and the Big 12, just like state people do, and I think that whoever comes out of this one is going to feel like they've got a pretty good resume builder and a good shot in the arm going forward. Yeah, Neil Price on your radio right now. Y'all follow him on Twitter and Instagram if you haven't already. He is at Hale State Voice. Um, they had great fr- fan support last year, too. You know, I, Neil, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember that was an 11 a.m. game. And you get in the second half, the game was pretty well out of hand. But they didn't have a lot of fans who left, and they were loud throughout the game. I was pretty impressed with their fan support, too. You think you think a bunch of them might travel to Starkville this weekend? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope they do. Um, yeah, I was talking to Wyatt Thompson earlier in the week, uh, who is the, the radio broadcaster at K-State, and he told me, and he's been there a while, and told me that he was excited about this trip because – they, all they have heard is that the hospitality in Starkville is uh, is off the charts, and I told him that's accurate. As somebody who came here as an outsider, 
uh, you know, it just kind of gave him my personal experience over the course of, you know, two-plus years now. But I, I hope they do. Uh, you know, they haven't been here since the 70s, you know, so the new generation of people yeah. that will get to, to see this place if they do come. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll – uh, and if they do, I would tell them to bring short sleeves, light colors, and plenty of water because <laughs> it's going to be a hot day. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I, I, I thought I, – I, I don't know if this was a mistake or not, but I looked ahead at the forecast, Neil, and, and dare I say – I'm going to knock on wood right here before I say it, but it looked like the forecast was just slightly improving – I think I saw maybe 86 degrees at 11 a.m. at kickoff. Now, it's, it's going to be hot, but it's not 95 at kickoff. At least it's in the 80s, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, last week now, and, and it's hot in Mississippi this time of year. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of part of the deal, you know, but last week was oppressively hot. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, you – if you're coaches, uh, you know, if you're an administration, you know, you're putting the game on, you're worried about the fan base, obviously. But if you're a coach, you're talking about guys putting on pads and helmets and, you know, adding to, you know, what's already a, a hot day by adding a lot more weight to you and, uh, and not having a lot of, a lot of room to breathe, you know, in that uniform. And I think that's just natural to be concerned, but everybody got through it without any, you know, far as I know, without any real issue in terms of the players with yeah. regard to the heat, you had stuff that happened during the game, guys get banged up, but you know, it's kind of part of it. Yep. Yeah, I think it is just kind of part of it. Um I talked to your wife uh after the game. She you were you were it was before I left the press box, you were already down in the locker room and and she popped into the press box and and uh I said, "Does it get this hot in Kentucky?" And she said, "No." Uh-uh. It just doesn't get this hot no. up there. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's special. And I, I can't help but wonder, you know, you get into the second half and it's going to be 1, 2 o'clock, whatever it is. And, um, you know, if the humidity is up, uh, we always wonder how those teams from the north, Neil, are going to deal with the, the heat and humidity. And sometimes they come down, you play a night game, and it doesn't matter. But I think in the middle of the day, I think it could actually make a difference for those Kansas State players. There's just no way they can be used to it. Yeah, yeah, I was talking to Wyatt Thompson about that a little bit when we got together earlier in the week, and I just asked him, I said, what's the weather like out there right now? And he said, you know, it's not too bad, and mid to upper 80s is kind of where they were, uh, you know, and and not a a ton of humidity, some, but, but not, you know, like it's been here. And I made the comment to him that, you know, hey, we're we're dealing with a lot of heat. And I said, you know, I, I can remember the first summer that I came here and going to fall camp thinking, man, I mean, it's humid, sticky, muggy, having been in Lexington for, you know, 12 years. And I just wrote that off as somebody who, who had thicker blood because I'd lived at a place where it was cooler and less humidity. And I think this year, compared to that first summer I was here two years ago going into 17, to me it's just that the humidity is so much worse now than it was. So I think, yes, if the forecast doesn't change a lot, I think it will definitely be a factor as you get into the second half of the game. Uh, you know, and then, and it's interesting, Matt, because I think, I think Kansas State's game plan is to try and wear State down. I really do. The way they've run the ball, 
I think they're coming in here trying to wear State down by pounding the ball at them as much as they can and just being opportunistic in the passing game. And if that's the case, you know, we're going to see what kind of conditioning they have if we get into a hot game here in the second half. Right. Neil Price on your radio. Am I off base on that? No, I think you're – You you studied it more than I have. Am I off base on that? No, I mean, I don't think you're off base at all. Um and, and and again, it's hard to tell because not no two teams are alike, and sometimes no two athletes are alike. But it just seems to me collectively, you know, it really gets on up there. Um, and and that's the deal. They're going to, and I think, in order for Kansas State to win the game, Neil, they're going to have to stay on the field for long, sustained drives with their running game. You know what I mean? Like, because. They're not going to go out there and, and throw for 350 yards against this state defense, so they're going to have to run. It's like we kind of know all that going in, and I just wonder how that state team is going to you know, respond. But on the other side of it, Neil, a lot of it depends on what state does offensively if Tommy Stevens plays and goes. And I bet you wish you had a nickel for every time somebody in Starkville this week has asked you, hey, is Tommy Stevens going to play? So I'll throw a nickel in there. What do you think? Is he going to play? Well, you know, I, I don't have any inside information. You know, I, I would be shocked based on what he said to the media the other night about his health. I would be shocked if he doesn't try mm-hmm. at some point. I wouldn't be surprised either to see he and Garrett out there, you know, at, at, different, at different times during the game. I think they could go with two quarterbacks maybe and, and – and play this thing out on Saturday too. Yeah, you know, so wait. You know, we'll see. That that's kind of the answer, uh, and that's been what Joe Moorhead's kind of hinted at too. Is you know, we'll we'll see. He he said Monday uh, he was asked, "Are you going to get Garrett and Keaton ready?" And he said, oh, "We get them all ready." And he included Tommy in that list. Tommy, you know, Garrett, Keaton, and even Jalen Mate. So you know, who knows? Uh, but Tommy seemed awfully you know, positive about his own prognosis when he was asked about it the other night. And if nothing else, maybe that'll put a lot of people at ease because that's a guy that if you can't have him Saturday, you certainly want him for the long haul. No doubt about it. Neil Price on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter at Hale State Voice. You'll hear him on the call of the game this weekend and each weekend throughout the year uh, on on these stations and many others around the state on the uh, Mississippi State football Network. So it'll be an early morning, partner. I'll see you there. I'm gonna get there um, when it'll still be cool. You know, I'll probably walk up uh, out of the parking lot at seven thirty, eight o'clock. So we'll have breakfast in the press box. Yeah, that's right. It's gonna be like some of these road games you and I go to early in the year, where we, you know we walked into Superdome at about uh, what six or six fifteen <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, and yeah. Won't be quite that early, but but it'll still be early, and and that's okay. You know, I, I like day games. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we ought to play them every week. Yeah. But uh, you know, there are some people who don't like them. We read about that this week. But you know, I I, I like day games. I think that that's that's part of college football. Um, I wish that the universities had a little bit more control over how many of those you play in a year, and that they could maybe have a hand in, in making it a little more equitable for their fan base to not be at the mercy of, of another entity to decide that. Right. But right. Uh, but I think it'll be a fun day, and I hope people come and they make a big day out of it. I hope they get here early, and you, know, you can always go back out and tailgate when the game's over, too, so just make a day out of it here in Starkville. 
No doubt about it. Well, we're certainly going to do that, and I know folks are looking forward to hearing you on the radio again and seeing a pretty good ball game, which I think we may have. Neil, thanks, buddy. Good to talk to you, and I'll see you in a couple days. All right, Matt. See you. All right. See you later. That's Neil Price. Again, y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already, at Hale State Voice. One of the things I enjoy, Roger, about following Neil on Twitter is it's not all sports. Um, he, like me, is very much into the, the the pop culture of the 80s that we grew up in and the 90s and TV and entertainment and music. And Neil's last tweet was this morning about, um, well, I guess it would have happened around 8 a.m. And it's a animated gif there of He-Man, when you know the old He-Man cartoon when he pulls oh, yeah. the sword from behind and he goes, I have the power, you know? Oh, yeah. And his tweet that, said... That was in the intro. It was great. Yeah. He said, I just saw to, on the Today Show the story about the Toy Hall of Fame. He said, and it left me wondering, if He-Man and Matchbox cars aren't already in, then how legit can it really be? And And so apparently there is a Toy Hall of Fame out there. It really piqued my interest as to what's in there and what's not. Did you like the Matchbox cars? Uh, I liked them when I was really small, but then about kindergarten, first grade, I really got into two things, baseball and He-Man. And in the, <laughs> in the first grade, uh, Roger, I saved up almost $60. I spent it wow. at the toy store on a Castle Grayskull. I bought oh, Castle my. Grayskull, got it home, played with it for 10 minutes, and immediately regretted spending that money on Castle Grayskull. It had a trap door, and that was about it. <laughs> that was about it. So I learned that whole. Should have the GI Joe thing. Man. Yeah, I should have. I learned the buyer's the kung remorse. Fu grip. Oh, the kung fu grip. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. The National Toy Hall of Fame has its own website, and we have a list of the 2019 finalists. <laughs> oh my. Roger, breaking news on this syndicated. Can I say syndicated? Because we do send the show to other stations. <laughs> uh, breaking news. Released today by the National Museum of Play, the National Toy Hall of Fame, 2019 finalists. Your finalists are Care Bears, created in the early 1980s for the American Greetings Corporation. The Care Bears began as a line of greeting cards and grew into plastic mini dolls and then plush teddy bears. Uh, coloring book. Coloring books appeared in America as an outgrowth of European educational reforms. There's a New York printing company, McLaughlin Brothers, credited as the coloring books inventor. Fisher-Price Corn Popper. Roger, do you remember that? Do you remember the Fisher-Price Corn Popper? Yes. Whenever I would uh, get a baby gift for somebody, I would get them one of those. That's right. It's the it's all it is. It's like a lawnmower. It's like a baby yeah. toy lawnmower. But when it you push noise. it, it makes noise and it has a little <laughs> bubble. And when you push it, the little things in there go. 
and they pop up and down. Yeah, it's got a little uh, thing in the middle that goes up and down as the wheels. That's go. right. Yeah. The Fisher-Price corn popper introduced in 1957. And, Roger, I mean, we've been giving that thing as a gift for 60, 70 years now. Jenga is a finalist for the Toy Hall of Fame. The game Jenga. We play that about twice a week, my daughter and I. You know, that, that game actually is based on a game that originated in Africa. They would play with wooden blocks. It originated in Africa. Hmm. Like a lot of the board games did. Right. Um, Magic the Gathering. Wizards of the Coast oh, published yeah. Magic the Gathering in 1993. The uniquely collectible card game became so successful that the firm could not meet demands at first. Never heard of it myself. People pay big money for certain cards. Do they really? I worked at a software store in the mall back in the 90s, and yeah. we sold those things. Amazing. Um, okay, and this is what they were talking about. So two of the finalists for this year's Toy Hall of Fame, up for the Hall of Fame, <laughs> Masters of the Universe action figures, includes the iconic He-Man, traces its popularity to the maker Mattel's use of comic books, television, and the big screen. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which ran from 1983 to 1985. How'd that jingle go, man? Well, the, the Masters of the Universe, something of the impossible. What was it? I don't remember that part of it. Oh. Do you remember? I'm trying. <laughs> I don't remember it's been, it. It's been a while. I just remember He-Man had this big cat, you know, and it would turn into a like a, you know, super hero type cat and then the big villain was skeletor that always skeletor always had this weird voice and he-man himself if you watch the intro to the he-man cartoon it's this big like play it for me there it's like this big conan the barbarian like muscled up like mr universe muscles and his voice was like i mean it's like the littlest squirreliest voice I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. I mean, what is that this voice? Is Cringer, my fearless friend. <laughs> Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, <laughs> "By the power of Grayskull." <laughs> Pretty fun, isn't it, great? And the cat stopped being afraid. Yeah. Ranger became the mighty battle cat, and I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. With a page boy blonde haircut. <laughs> Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together, we defend Castle Grayskull <laughs> from the evil forces of Skeletor. Skeletor. <laughs> That is fantastic. He-Man. I mean, what is that voice? Roger, who could possibly look at He-Man? He looks like Mr. Universe, like Arnold Schwarzenegger 2.0, and they give him that voice. What are we doing? Okay. Hey, Fred. Fred, we need a, we need a guy to voice our lead character here. What are you doing on Thursdays? Well, my accounting firm takes Thursdays off, so... I'm happy to come in. I mean, I geez. am, am He-Man. <laughs> yes. I held aloft my magic sword. 
I mean, he said, held aloft. I held aloft my magic sword and said, I have the power. <laughs> Can you see that nerd in there taping that, recording it, Roger? Love it every minute. They that, throw yeah. a little reverb in there on the effects. I have the power. What happens when you when you did that in your neighborhood? You just, <laughs> you, you just got beat up. Yeah, my dad. They just turn the, the power. They just turn the TV up. Yeah, I promise you. It, we weren't just walking around saying I have the power. Uh, Matchbox uh, Matchbox Cars debuted in 1952. They're up for the Hall of Fame. My Little Pony, Nerf Blaster, the game Risk, uh, the smartphone, and the top. You know what? A, you know, you like you spin a top. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, right. So you want to look it up, Toy Hall of Fame. Went a little longer on that than I intended, but I thought everyone would maybe sort of kind of enjoy that. All right, here we go on the text line. 885-ESPN. Unnamed texter says, micro machines are worth gold now. I, I bet oh, they yeah, are. I remember those, yeah. I bet they are. Uh, Kevin says, maybe... Tennessee, meaning the volunteers. Maybe Tennessee needs to start playing the Masters of the Universe theme on the video board before every football game so they can have a little bit of the power. <laughs> Come out and swing their sword. <laughs> the voice of the voice of Prince Adam was also Reggie and Morris the Cat from Archie. <laughs> That's according to Fluffy. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it one bit. I had bit. to work, man, you know. Uh, the mailman in Jackson says that they must have taken speaking lessons from Mike Tyson. Hey, have y'all heard Roger's Mike Tyson impression? I what? haven't heard mine. Wait, I thought you were the one that did the the good no, Mike no. Tyson. No, okay. So. Well, I got him mixed up then. All you got to do is raise your voice, like go falsetto and speak with a lisp, right? And you're in the ballpark. Well, let's hear you do it. I, well, sorry. I just, I can't do it. I was getting my recorder ready. I can't perform under pressure, Roger. Uh, okay, so <laughs> keep going back up, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> let me flip through my notes here and see where we are. No, uh, I have to share this with you real quick, Roger. Mississippi State put on Twitter today an old clip they found of the 1974 highlights Mississippi State playing Kansas State the last time Kansas State came to Davis Wade Stadium. It is voiced by the Jack Crystal. This is original everything. Video package, music, everything. It's a whole clip. I'm going to play it for you right now. The Bulldogs return to Scott Field to take on Big 8 competition from Kansas State. Loving that swinging music. Yeah. Falcon of Black to set up the first score as Rocky eased around hand for his six points. Is this not great? It sounds like NFL films. <laughs> it was a delightful day for the Starkville crowd as they watch Packer dash to another 100-plus yardage afternoon. And freshman Richard Blackmore thrilled everybody with a 77-yard scamper for a touchdown return of a Wildcat punt. All right, and so they're showing the highlights. And he's making about three guys miss and outrunning the whole cover scene. How about this music?
It's hip, Cat Daddy. <laughs> Kansas State provided a few anxious moments toward the end, but the Bulldog kept fighting and finally sent the Wildcats back to Manhattan behind 21 to 16. How about that? So if you want to see that, uh, I retweeted it. Go look at it. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. Phone line open to you, 995-1059. You can be just like Neil Price, Hale State voice. You can talk on the phone to us and everybody hear your voice all over the state of Mississippi. All over the world, streaming, online and everywhere else and all that jazz. So... We'd love to hear your voice on a Thursday. Continue to text away if you want, 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. The number is 885-3776. Um, Fluffy says the, the, the old guys might know He-Man's John Irwin as Eddie on Rawhide. Man, Fluffy, how you know all this? I'm going to have to look it up. Now, I need to see faces. That's my thing. Like, my memory is totally 100% visual. <laughs> it's all right, brain. I got to see their face. Bulldog like Casey Kasem doing uh, the voice of Sh- Shaggy in the. Uh huh. That's right. Gooby Doo. This is a good point. You know how the school puts out highlight packages after every game? You can see them all over Twitter and Facebook and online and, and everywhere else. And I played you just a little bit of this 1974 highlight package that State put out when they played Kansas State. Bulldogs return to Scott Field to take on Big 8 competition from Kansas State. Um, with that music. Bulldog Blitz says they need to do a remake of that after this weekend's game with the same music. I totally agree. Absolutely 100% agree. They need to do that in there. In those clips, I don't know if y'all caught it, but that 1974 game, Kansas State at Mississippi State, Rocky Felker, State's quarterback, had his name called in there a good bit. All right, here we go. Uh, Divinity Equipment phone. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Oliver, good day to you, sir. What's up? Well, two things. On the on the conversation that you had yesterday with uh, the gridiron about paying, why can't they just pay them a uh, – that fee for everybody, no matter what you are, and then like the words that I, uh, and with the monetary value that you're talking about, the SEC, just talking about the SEC, the SEC has gotten better, better. So all the coaches are at the top of their game, and that should have that should matter with them. That you go to SEC school because of the talent. You got uh, Joe Moorhead, you got Nick Saban, you got Ed Ogeron. They're at the top of them with teaching kids in order to get them to the next level. Uh, so that's got to matter for something. Yeah. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, it does. There's some worth there also, right? And the reason you're paying those coaches yeah. so much money is because they're obviously the best coaches, and or they're thought to be anyway, so therefore they have that value. And, you know, the, the expertise and the coaching they provide as compared to what I might get if I just go out here and try to get it on my own, um, they're supposedly better, right? So there's value there. People yeah. don't people don't really 
you know, want to discuss all those minute details. I will say this, um, Oliver, I don't know if you were listening to the gridiron on uh, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Chris Brooks today, I, I caught part of it, and he brought up a really interesting point on the likeness thing that I hadn't really gotten that far into it myself. He said, okay, so let's just say like, hypothetically if the rest of the country did what California's doing and and then somehow the NCAA just threw their hands up and went along with it where now athletes, ballplayers can cash in on their name and likeness. And the fear being that means any booster out there, any interested fan can go out and throw money at these guys to benefit their school, like opening up the cheating part of it. But – what about a state like Mississippi? His point was, you can't be, let's just say, a car dealership, right? And you go out here and you throw, I don't know, a, a $10,000, dollars $30,000 endorsement contract at a player at, let's say, Ole Miss. You can't just do that. Because then word's going to get around, everybody's going to see it, and guess what? State fans are not want, going to want to buy from you because you – only deal exclusively with Ole Miss. So that car dealership is going to feel like, well, if we're going to get into this whole athlete endorsement thing, we've got to get a state guy and an Ole Miss guy so that we show that we're impartial and we're trying to get everybody to buy from us. You see what I'm saying? So that's actually a, a, a um, that that's a hill that you're going to have to climb if it ever does get to that point. I just never had thought of it that way to be honest with you. Oliver, thanks for your call, man. I appreciate it. Hey, um, on Saturday when State plays Kansas State, there will be one player on State's roster very familiar with the opponent. It is Isaiah Zuber. Wide receiver, Mississippi State. He's a senior. He's got three catches this year. He's played his whole career at Kansas State up until last season. He was on that Kansas State team last year that lost to State, the Bulldogs, Mississippi State, in Kansas. He transferred in the offseason, and now he's on Mississippi State's team playing his former teammates, his old friends, his old team, his old colors this weekend. Be an interesting thing. And the media got to ask questions of Isaiah uh, the other night. I think it's really the first kind of big powwow press conference that Isaiah Zuber has been a part of. But anyway, I want you to hear some of that because he starts off talking about playing his former team and his former friends. Here's that interview with, uh, or portion of it anyway, with Isaiah Zuber. Isaiah, obviously an interesting week for you matching up with your uh, your former teammates. What's this week been like for you so far? Uh, Well, you know, I just been looking at it as a, as a normal week. You know, even though I face my teammate, you know, I don't want – I don't want to go in this game feeling like uh, I got to do this, I got to do that. It's, it's just a normal week. We just going to come out and face our opponent and anything like that. So, How often do you talk to those former teammates? Almost almost every day, you know. Those are still my boys on there. It's a couple of boys that I grew up with who still up there and everything. So. Have the coaching staff asked you about any points or t- uh, tips or anything for the game plan? Nah, they haven't. <laughs> when you decided to come here, you know, that game was already on the schedule and things. 
just the, the, the lead up to it, did you think about that? The fact that you were going <laughs> to see the very, that, that, see your guys, I guess, later on? Uh, I mean, you know, that game was always circled just because I went there and everything, you know. It's going to be fun, you know, seeing my guys that I play with and everything like that. It's going to be competitive. I know they're going to be talking some smack, so I'm probably going <laughs> to talk some smack back and everything like that. But it's going to be a good game. What have everything. they told you this week so far? As, as far as the coaches? No, no, your, your former teammates. Oh, no, nah, they ain't tell me nothing so far. <laughs> well, I mean, they told me stuff, but stuff I can't see on camera. <laughs> so why was Mississippi State the right place for you? You had some other options, but why was this the right fit? Uh, you know, uh, Chauncey, Chauncey was a big influence on me choosing Mississippi State and everything like that. You know, me and him grew up together. Me and him played on the same part ball team, same high school team, you know, so we, we always put on the same team. So he said, you know, it'll be fun again to play on on the same college team, finish off, finish our college career right off the right way. Now that you're here, what's this whole experience kind of been like for you? Uh, it's been a good experience, you know. Uh, I'm actually glad I chose Mississippi State. Everything uh, they took me in with care, you know. You know the teammates, you know they ain't never look at me wrong or anything, anything like that. You know they brought me in with open arms and stuff like that. So. You and Tommy both show up under similar circumstances. What's it been like to kind of bond with a guy like him as, as newcomers to a, an existing roster? Tommy, you know, that's my boy. You know, we all going to share, like, similarities just because we came in, you know, we grad transfers and everything like that. So me and him talk, talk to each other every day and stuff like that. So, All right, so a little bit with Isaiah Zuber, former Kansas State receiver. He was kind of their star kick returner receiver. Uh, they got a kid now at Kansas State who wears number four. His name is Knowles. K N O W L E S, and he's looked pretty good in the first two games. Uh, but now Zuber, he'll be suiting up in maroon and white. All right. Uh, one last thing here in the first hour on the text line Fluffy says Brooks's opinion on conflict that would arise from paying players for sponsorship highlights how petty Mississippi sports fans can be. Fluffy says the idea that there would be backlash against companies who pay one school's athletes over another school is shameful from an outside perspective. <clears throat> what do y'all think about that? And and isn't it well, true the, though? The problem is the fans aren't on the outside. That's right, they're on the inside. Yeah. And and Roger, I mean, I don't think it's out of line to say that. If it got to that point and you could pay college athletes in Mississippi to endorse your product and they could cash that in, I mean, it's true, isn't it? If there's a big, well-known company or whatever and they did some kind of endorsement deal with an athlete from one school, that there are fans who would point to that and call for a boycott. I mean, isn't it true that that would likely happen? I say, you know, whether or not it actually affected anybody's bottom line, but I'm saying I think that's the world we live in. Well, I wonder, I mean, I wonder say the the dealership that had the issue with Ole Miss, with the, you know, the the long-term rental or lease or whatever. I don't want to say anybody's name. I'm not trying to drag anybody through that. But I wonder if that'd be the person I'd ask. Do you find that this keeps certain fan base from coming here? Right. Because ultimately... Like if you're going to buy a car, you're just looking for the car you want at the best deal, right? And you kind of don't care who sells it to you. Most people, right? But not yeah. all. That, that's no. that's a good point. But you know what? That's the thing about fans. It's short for fanatic. That's it, fanatic. Which is which is kind of the opposite of grounded, right? <laughs> and, yeah, right. 
We don't need no stinking logic. <laughs> Get that logic out of here. Hour one in the books, hour two coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around.